Eventually, yeah. Um, didn't really recognize it right away. Didn't didn't know. I mean, um, after he went down, I was asking the ref kind of what happened, and he said that it was an accident. I'll just stick to the face. So um, that's what he saw, and I I don't know if it really um, the guys were aware of that at the time, but you know, after the first period, we obviously saw it. I've been told it's a good idea to start a speech with a joke. Well, don't get your hopes up. I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm here to pick a fight. Well, it's an elbow in the head. It's a penalty. It's what it is. But they missed it, so you move on. And uh, it's just unfortunate it happens to your number one. It was pretty clear to me. The guys, did, the guys didn't see it in the first, it looked like, and then did see it, and then there was a response. Oh, I don't know. They didn't. Which guys? Our guys? Your guys, yeah. They don't see it first. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw it. Um, you know, Brandon's kind of bumping with him on his pants, but certainly didn't affect his elbow. Uh, should our guys should have been a better response? I think there could have been. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they saw it in real time. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Skills. You just heard head coach Bruce Cassidy and defenseman Brandon Kahlo discuss the hit to the head of Tuka Rask during the Columbus game the other night. We'll discuss that, plus the other three games from this past week. Uh, also, I have to make an apology, Tyler. This was on me. Uh, I announced last week that Bergeron had made the All-Star team as the last man in. I was completely wrong on that. Yeah, we couldn't really find a good article to talk about uh, who was in the All-Star game. Yeah, I, I must have read an old article from last year or two yeah, years I ago. I must have, too. So, 100% my fault. Don't take any blame on that one, Tyler. That was my power play, not yours. Um, but uh, David Perron, TJ Oshie, Mitch Marner, and Quinn Hughes were the four players named to the All-Star game. Um, also coming up, Las Vegas fires Gerald Gallant, uh, Gerald, Gerald Gallant on Wednesday. Uh, NHL adds an elite women's three-on-three 20-minute game to the events at the All-Star Game. And we will preview the next two games before Boston's bye week coming up. That will wrap around the All-Star Game. But first up, let's talk about last Saturday's night at the Barclays Center. Boston defeats the Islanders 3-2 to in overtime. Uh, they did lose Matt Grizzlick in the first period of this game. Yeah, uh, Grizzlick, he's been playing well. It's unfortunate to see him go away like that. Uh, overall, the Islanders for a hard, heavy-hitting team. They got they got guys who are definitely score, score, goal scorers. And in the first period, we saw Mayfield of the Islanders, a defenseman, get a goal from the point. Barzell just had an, un- just an amazing pass to him. He's a player I used to say before. Matthew Barzell is one of those star players you got to watch out for. And this goal was right here was an example. He went that pass to Mayfield was amazing. Yeah, that was that was pretty good uh, play to start it off. They scored four thirty six into the first period, and I mean for me, I was just kind of like, oh, here we go again. We're gonna be playing from behind. <laughs> yeah, I had that feeling too. This was just a good goal. Yeah, um, the defense has got to just watch on Barzal because you remember during the first game with the uh, Islanders, we had Barzal was wide open. Bam! Hit it right in. Oh yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta keep. We talked about that last week too. About he was him and um, Bailey were the two players that you really wanted to try and keep off yeah. the board. So Scott Mayfield scoring in the first. Um, 
8.33 into the second period. Jake DeBrusque with his 14th of the year. Although there was a little confusion on the broadcast. They, I feel like they thought it was uh, Bjork's goal on the broadcast. The website still says it's uh, DeBrusque's 14th goal. Uh, just about three minutes later, John Moore with his second of the year and uh, of the third period. And then Matthew Barzal ties at 9.33 of the third period with his 17th of the year. And then we go to overtime, and we have Patrice Bergeron with a power play goal, his 19th of the year to win it. Let's hear all those goals right now. Krejci holds, slowing it down to open the seam. McAvoy into the slot, the shot, the rebound, DeBrusque scores! Clean breakout, Charlie McAvoy takes the ice in front of him, fires the shot, and Jake DeBrusque picks it up off a defender. Drive from the left point from John Moore, but it's good puck pursuit down the wall. Win some pucks, use that low to high game, and get shots through. We showed you the McAvoy off a faceoff, quick little wrist shot, get that on net. Here's a drive from Moore, I'm not sure if this deflects off anybody. Might be Boychuk's skate. Yeah, Boychuk's in there with Richie. Seems to change direction. Lane opened up for Bergeron in the bumper. He's such a gifted guy. He quarterbacks the power play. Look at two Islanders from the dot over towards the boards committed to where Tory Krug is. That's going to give you a two-on-one from the hash marks in with Bergeron and Marshawn. They overplay the pass to Marshawn, so that's the key, and that's the cue for Bergeron. Let it fly, and he just snaps that shot. Yeah, Jack was real excited about the Bruins keeping their uh, pen power play streak going. What is it, 13 games? It ends up... Yeah, I think this is the first time we saw it, too, in overtime we've got a power play goal. Yeah, I mean, when it goes to overtime, I just start saying, ah, oh, crap, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, but that power play streak needs to continue, so... Um, yeah. You know, the Islanders are right in the mix for the playoffs, so that was a tough game. They fought us hard. Um, they didn't really they didn't really let you keep that lead for too long because they scored about four minutes after Moore made it 2-1. to one. Yeah, and for goaltending, Rast did really good today, uh, really good in this game. He had a total of 30, 34 saves. 34 saves, yeah. So that was pretty amazing. It was a – excuse me, that was a really good um, – performance by him forgive me boston has had 33 shots in that game to 37 you know for two good to give up two goals on 37 shots that's pretty great there yeah that's saves. a really good team again guys like barzell he knows how to score yeah. matt bailey i think the only real issue i had with this game uh was the slow start five shots in the first period you know yeah that seems to be a, a I don't know if they're not getting off the block quickly lately, but it just kind of seems like not every game because we'll talk about the Philly game. They scored the first two goals in that game. Coming up next, we'll talk about that. But it's just a lot of games lately, they're starting slow. Edmonton, they started slow uh, a couple Saturdays ago. So Yeah. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on this Islanders game, sir? It was a really good game. I, it was pretty fast-paced, back and forth. It's just as expected from uh, my predictions. Yeah, tough fuck game. Yeah. All right. Next, Boston travels to Philadelphia on Monday uh, for a disappointing six to five shootout loss. Uh, of course, it's a shootout loss. This was Chara's one thousandth game as a Bruin. Um, Anders Bjork opens the scoring with his seventh of the year at four fifteen of the first period. 
Uh, about 12 minutes later, David Krejci with his 10th of the year on the power play. But less than two minutes later, Kevin Hayes uh, with the power play goal of his own. And that's going to close out the first period uh, for that game. Another disturbing trend for the Bruins is giving up those untimely goals. It's been happening to them all year. You know, yeah. you, you score a goal four minutes into the game, 16 minutes into the game, and then less than two minutes later, about a minute and 25 seconds or so later, um, you give up a goal, gets Philly right back into it. Yeah, it's been a bit of a trend lately. Uh, yeah, it's just that it hasn't been really good for them. Like, during, like, the end of the period, they just can't – especially during the first period, they can't really seem to find a way to yeah, the first, end that period. The first period always seems to start slow. Uh, yeah, they always – ended in a bad way it's never on a strong note you know having said that i'm looking at the shots on goal this was their best period as far as shots on goal um for the game they had 14 shots in the first period on this one so they they came into this game um and they got they got going right away but as that period went on it kind of slowed down you know um pasternak scores his league leading 36th goal of the season 33 seconds into the second period but at a minute 12 of the second period Travis Sanheim with his sixth of the year you know Boston gets six shots in the second period but they do come out with a 50 percent shooting percentage on that one because at 450 of the period Charlie Coyle with his ninth and at 721 of the second period David Krejci with his 11th uh, to give the Bruins a 5-2 to two lead with, I don't know, what was about 12 minutes to go in the game? Yeah. I mean, then, 12 minutes to go in the second period. I apologize. And then a very disappointing part happened in this game. Yeah. Very uh, disappointing. And, yeah, this is this was this was a real good first half of the game. But I've been saying for a while, Tyler, they got to be playing 60 minutes, and they don't, yeah. they don't really seem to be. Yeah, and this third period is probably an example of why you need to play at 60 minutes yeah so about six minutes after Krejci makes a five to two the puck goes off a linesman at the Boston offensive blue line and the play turns around in comes Sean Couturier and th- with his 13th of the year and this is I think where the game really turned around was yeah you know just it was a turnover. They tried to pass it. I think Marshawn couldn't get to it. It bounces off the linesman skate right at the blue line, and then yeah, just Philly, unlucky bounce. Philly goes the other way. A minute and a half after that, Connor Bunham, I think I said that correctly, with his first of the year, makes it um, five to four, and then about twelve minutes, thirteen minutes into the third period, Travis Sanheim ties it up. Um, you know, this is why I say it was so disappointing. You're giving up three goals. I don't know what it is about Boston playing Philadelphia and uh, a lead of three of any kind, whether it's back to 20, uh, 2010 where you're up by you're up three to nothing in the series and you blow it, or even in that seventh game of that series you were up three to nothing and you blow it. Um, I, uh, they, that just gives, that just gave me bad flashbacks. Yeah, no, trust <laughs> bad me. Bad flashbacks. Trust me, I hear you on that one. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't know what it is. I don't understand why a three-goal lead is so hard to protect. Well, I know Philadelphia. That that team knows when to rally to get back into the game. It's just pretty bad to see this happen to the Bruins all the time, especially with the Flyers. I mean, we saw with the Panthers. That was really 
unacceptable. But this here also is unacceptable. And the fact that you bring it into the shootout later is just, you got to play 60 minutes. Even in the overtime, you should definitely play your best. Oh, absolutely. Halak had a tremendous save at the end of overtime in this one. It goes to the shootout, five rounds of the shootout. Konechny scores in the fifth round, and then up comes Brad Marchand, who I don't know if we're ever going to see a play like that again. Goes to pick up the puck at center ice. His stick just grazes the top of it. He keeps going. The puck just trickles off the line. Game over. And you know Marchand haters are going in on him. Oh, they were loving it. Yeah, they were loving that. So. They just they just don't want to see be good. I mean, it happens to the best of us. I mean, we saw the brush with the giveaway. That just happens. The stick just can't just connect. Yeah, every once in a while it does happen. Marshawn, I think, is a an elite player in the in this league. Um, you know, say what you will about him in the past. But uh, let's listen to all those goals right now. Jake DeBrus does pick off Philippe Myers' pass. Anders Bjork all the way in. He scores! Wearing Myers down the slot. Anders Bjork breaks through. Jarl Halak out to Tory Krug. Uh, David Krejci feeds Charlie Coyle to Danton Heinen. For Krejci, he scores! 14 in a row on the power play. Dries Bergeron out of the box. David Pasternak racing middle for Marchand. He scores! And just like that, the Bruins kill a penalty and go back up by two. Heinen wiggles over the line. Pete Coyle, he scores! What a move by Danton Heinen looking off the defender and slipping it through to Charlie Coyle who goes top corner. McAvoy takes the hit to advance the puck to Anders Bjork. Sees the hip check coming, so he gets the puck deep. Jake DeBrusque with the poke check. Bjork's on him like a dog on meat. Turns, Krejci scores! Wow! That's how you forecheck! So, I mean, there wasn't anything really fun for me to take out of this game. It was really good, like I said, for the first half of the game. Yeah, and then that second half was just very bad. Well, probably one of the... Probably one of the worst performances you can see during like a 16-minute game. Yeah. During that second half, just very bad. I mean, how how many leads have they blown in the last month? I know the Panthers they blew it. Well, that was back in that was a couple months ago, but just in the last month, where at the beginning of December you're on a crazy hot streak, and then you go cold for the month of December into January, um, and you you've had leads in some of these games. Some the Edmonton game is probably an example. I know the Bruins were in the lead at some point, and they just. It yeah, just, I think they were up one nothing in that game, and yeah. that was that was it. Um, you know, the flu bug going through. I think somebody got injured in that game. It's just it's just a tough trend to watch. I could look at the Winnipeg game and say that they nearly blew that that lead they had. I mean, Winnipeg had some really good offense during that like second period. I that, that's like that's a good example. For nearly blowing a lead at least, but this Philadelphia game is just an example of needing to play. A 60-minute game. That is your main priority. Play 60 minutes. Play hard. Don't give them any easy chances. That Couturier goal was an easy chance for them, even though it wasn't really their fault. It was mostly the linesman with their, with his foot. Just you just cannot just give it away. You need to play hard every minute of your shift. Absolutely. Every like 13 minutes of your shift or more. Yeah. You know, it's just it's unfortunate that this is happening to such a talented team. 
I don't know if it's uh, a mental thing or just physically exhausted. I, I don't have much else to say about Philly other than Philly sucks. <laughs> I feel you. I don't like him. So on Tuesday night, Boston goes into Columbus. They lose to Garras just a minute into the game, just over a minute into the game, as he gets an elbow to the head from Columbus's Emil Bermstrom. I don't care what he, you say how you say his name. I'm going to remember that face. Yeah. That and was just terrible to see. Yeah, He went out immediately in the first period. Absolutely. It, it was awful. It was it, He looks over his shoulder to the left. His arm comes up as he's going by. He was looking to make contact with him. Was he looking to injure him? No. You get the ref sitting there in the corner. Um, we heard Brandon Carlo say earlier he went over to the ref, and the ref said it was an accidental stick. Come on. Cut the crap. What, what the hell is going on with this? You, you're standing right there. The guy goes through the crease and makes contact with the goaltender, and the goaltender goes down and goes down hard and fast. Um, open your eyes. There's a reason people are getting sick and tired of referees in all, all sports right now. So Boston gets shut out by the Blue Jackets on Tuesday night. 13-27 uh, of the first period. Alexander Wenberg with his fourth of the year. Uh, and then no scoring in the second period. 5.46 of the third period. Kevin Stenline. I don't know if I said that correct. I apologize if I didn't. On the power play with his fourth of the year. And then 13.05 of the third, old friend Riley Nash with his fourth of the year. Just not a very good game for Boston. Um, not a good game at all. They seem to... I mean, they had a ton of shots in this game. I think they, yeah. this was their best shot total in a while. Yeah, but the power play for this game, it's just very bad. Uh, they broke, were 0-4. It for broke, the, broke the streak. It broke the streak, and... Uh, yeah, it's, that's just very not good. They had four chances, and they couldn't convert on any of them. Um, this is just not the game for them. Yeah, Boston had 34 shots on that to 27. I think Russ's injury had, like, a big impact on this game. And and it was the second the second night of back-to-back games, and I understand yeah. that you're not going to fully have your legs and that some guys... Um, not to mention, this is also a very tough schedule for them. I mean, New York Islanders to Philadelphia and then right to Columbus. It's a tough schedule. Yeah, all playoff contenders right now. And then last night against Pittsburgh, which that, w- that was a nice game to see. Yeah. Um, shut up, Siri. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's go. Let's hit the penalty kill right now. Shorthanded bid. Marshawn and Bergeron going to work. Marshawn turns to the forehand, holds. The Bruins will begin the second period on the penalty kill. The shorthanded breakaway and a save by Schneider. Marshawn, shorthanded. He's swinging back to get into that penalty killing formation through the neutral zone, but David Krejci fresh on the ice, replaces Bergeron. I want to talk about that hit a little bit more. Like I said, um, I, I'm pissed off about it. I think that what pisses me off about it the most was Boston's lack of response to it. Um, yes. Yes, they didn't. Yeah. Nobody really saw it. It was kind of behind the play. Kylo puts a little a little push on um, the Columbus player. I think Joker Nordstrom had an unsportsmanlike conduct. They, you think he tried to uh, warn the player who injured Rast to not do that ever again or I'll – I, you. I know I know that they tried to get him to answer for it and he didn't which yes. you know it, you take take your medicine I guess is yeah. what I, I want to say there but 
the complete lack of response by Boston on this one. You, okay, you didn't see it. You have to play the period. You go into the locker room. You see it. Come out in the second period and run this kid. You know. Yeah. Teach him a lesson. The the like, lesson the lesson he learned from this one is, I can elbow a goaltender in the face and get away with it. Yeah, I just I've sensed this kind of like lack of stepping up for your teammates from the Washington game where Tom Wilson body checked Tory Krug and he went down for an injury. Same with Charlie McAvoy when Oshi had a really questionable hit on him. It's just I've sensed this kind of lack of standing up for your teammates from the Washington game. Yeah, and I, I just hope it. Comes Sorry. out more. Sorry. I just yeah. hope it comes out more. Absolutely. I wanted um, to come out more, actually. So, um, first of all, shame on the refs for saying that it was an accidental thing. Like I said, you see the guy go through the crease. You see the goaltender go down. Um, Tuka Rask is not a flopper. Never has been. So, shame on the refs on this one. But here, here's my question on this one, Tyler. Is this team tough? You got Chara. You have two defensemen, Krug and... I can say McAvoy can be stand up for his teammates, and you don't stand up for him. I, I, I don't know if they're tough. I don't uh, know. Yeah, let me, let me rephrase this. Um, are they mentally tough? Are they able to overcome something in the midst of a game to get them through that game to possibly pull out the, the win or the points? I don't think they are. I think they want to get the win and just not worry about standing up for the teammates. They just want to get the win instead of doing what's right for your teammates. What happened to them was not right at all. You need to do something about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, physically, you know, all hockey players are physically tough. Um, uh, the Bruins showing it when this shit happens every, every once in a while, no. And that's why I think you're getting it to happen so often. Um, you know, you have your 40-plus-year-old captain, Zdeno Chara, has like three or four fights already this year. You have Mashon, who gets in the middle of the scrums. He's like 5'8". Um, and maybe a little tall, I think more like 5'10". But same with Tory Krug, another short guy. Tory Krug gets in a fight last night, you know, sticking up yeah. with somebody. You know, you got Brandon Carlo to I, – I like Carlo's game. He's solid defensively. You're not yeah. going to get a lot out of him offensively. But you're one of the biggest bodies on the ice. That shit happens. You gotta, you gotta do something about it. Yeah, I don't see him fight a lot. But I no, he's a good defenseman. But I don't see him fight. And I think he should do it. Absolutely. Like I, once. Just go against, just try and do it with someone. Get your first career, if he hasn't had a career fight. I, I think he's had at least one. It's his, what, fourth season in the league. Yeah. Um, and I know that's not really part of his game, but you, you, your goaltender, your number one goaltender, or your number one A, however you want to look at it, quit giving me that look, Tyler, um, goes down a minute into the game. And, you know, I, I heard Barry Peterson first intermission say he was surprised that it wasn't taken care of in that first period and he was expecting it to be taken care of in the second period and it wasn't they tried he was a pussy about it and let's let's move on before i really get upset (laughs) (laughs) as we mentioned last night back home at the td garden uh, versus pittsburgh the bruins get two assists from carson coolman in a 4-1 victory over the penguins let's hear those goals right now more to charlie mcavoy Long to the attack line. Carson Kuhlman gets his first touch in 88 days. And it's an assist to Sean Corral. Lindholm tips in Kuhlman's long pass. Carson Kuhlman. 88 days on the shelf. 
12-16 into the game, has a multi-point game. Bergeron now two for two against Evgeny Malkin. Pasternak to Bergeron, he scores! That was a dart. Into the final minute. Latang, Pasternak, Marshawn, wow! What a tremendous teammate Pasternak is. Beating the snake-bitten Marshawn for the capper. 24 seconds into the game, Sidney Crosby, I, I know I hate him, but he's a talented player. And he just came back from injury, too. That's the thing. I think he got a goal against Boston right away, his first shot. Yeah. Injury return. First so, shot, first goal. Well, it wasn't his first game back. It was his second because he had a four-point night on Tuesday um, against, I forget who it was, but he has four. He had four points, a goal and three assists. I'm looking for it right now. And, you know, tremendous talent. I, I may not like him. Oh, it was against Minnesota. I may not like him, but he's a tremendous talent, and you, you just can't deny it. Yeah. Um, but you get... Sean Corrali, who gets a goal 10 minutes and 3 seconds into the first period, just over 2 minutes later. See, this was nice. Just over 2 minutes later, Paul Lindholm with his third of the year. And I'm not saying it's nice because it's Paul Lindholm and I still think he gets a D for the first half of the season. This was a good goal. I'm going to be honest. It was a good goal. But for me, what's nice about it is is 2 minutes after you score, you scored again. You didn't give up a goal to give up the lead. You know, that's what is a nice, timely goal. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, Carson Coleman had an incredible period for his first game. This was—he's just starting to get back from uh, an injury. Yeah. Eighty-eight days he was out, by the way. Oh yeah, Jack yeah. said that a couple of times. We just heard him. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was a nice pass from him from the blue line. He get—he gathers the puck right up at the blue line, and he's—he's he's just looking at the net, and he just pat, shot pass, whatever you want to call it. It just yeah. goes. I'm right gonna off say this right now. From the first episode to this episode now, Coleman is one of we, our most promising player on the team. And after seeing this, I, I'm just very hopeful that he can get a lot of goals. I think during these two games with Pittsburgh and Vegas, he'll get one goal. Guaranteed he will. All right. Well, I have a lot you, of promise in him. You heard it here first. Carson Coleman's going to score within the next two games. Yeah, he was one of the three stars in this game, too. He played absolutely incredible. Oh, and he deserved it. Yeah. He absolutely deserved it. Yeah, he played. He he's in second liner too. He played with DeBrusque and Krejci, and he played very decent with them. So I, I'd like to see him try it, and probably even though Anders Bjork's been playing amazing, uh, I'd like to see him try it soon. Yeah, that DeBrusque and Krejci. Um, Coleman was good in the playoffs last year. I was actually surprised he didn't get the game seven start on that right wing because he was seems to be a good fit with Krejci and DeBrusque. Yeah. Um. So not, uh, no scoring in the second period. Um, I believe the second period is when Tory Crew got in a fight with Hornquist. Yeah, this was a very physical game, especially during that first period, too. It yeah. was, this is where we bring our penalty kill into this. This is where the Bruins said, you know what, I'm t- we're tired of being pushed around. It's time to get more mentally tough. We're going to start throwing our bodies into people now, and we're going to show them what we think of them. Overall, this is what we wanted to see, and we got it. And Tory Crew got in a fight with Patrick Hornfist, I believe. Yeah, so they, they both took roughing penalties at 16.05, and then six seconds after they got out of the penalty box, uh, they're fighting, so they just wanted to settle it. And Hornquist yeah. is not a small guy. No. He's a decent-sized guy. And you got Tory Crew, who's, again, like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, range. 
Uh, I don't have his height stats in front of me right this second, but um, yeah, he's fighting people. Why? You know, your best offensive defenseman. Your your um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Your leader on the power play, the quarterback on the power play, and he's taking five minute penalties. Yeah, you know that's. That's why you had a guy like Richie. I know he was sent down for a purpose on, of assignment, but that's why you yeah, had... We're going to talk about that, too. Oh, yeah, that's coming up. I got that in my notes a little bit later. Um, um, yeah, and by the way, sitting here we're talking about power play. Once again, the Bruins could not find a way to get that power play goal. I hope this is not a sign of things to come. I hope during this Pittsburgh-Vegas game there will be one power play goal. Yeah, another 0 for 4 for performance last night, but, I mean... They did just score on fourteen in fourteen straight games on the power play, which was a Boston Bruins record. Uh, yeah. That was broken from I think they said nineteen eighty eight was yeah. when they went had the twelve game um, power play goal streak. Yeah, and uh, one more thing to say: Halak made Rask proud with twenty nine saves. Rask with his five hundredth game he had. I when believe. when was uh, was that uh, the Columbus game? Was that his five hundredth game? I believe so. Yeah, and they were gonna honor him. With some of his old teammates like Seidenberg and uh, McQuaid. Yeah, they did that before the game last night. Yeah. I, I saw. Um, you know, Halak definitely played a, a great game. Yeah, he, he definitely he, made his friend he, proud. He came in in that uh, Columbus game and he played great. He really did. I know he gave up three goals uh, in that first one. He definitely would like to have back. It kind of just scoots through his five hole and he's falling back trying to stop it, but. Um, he really, he really has been playing good, and you're gonna need him right now. Um, Boston yeah. has to call up Dan Vlad, Vladar. Uh, we'll take a quick dive into him in a little while. So, did we mention the th- the third period? Third period, uh, Patrice Bergeron at 3:13 scores his wow. 20th of the year, and then at 19:07, David Pasternak with the wide open shot attempt, uh, wide open lane to the net for the empty netter. Sees Brad Mosh on, says, here you go, buddy. You need a goal. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I think the stat I heard on the broadcast from Jack was he had 18 goals in his first 25 games and since then only three. Something, yeah, he's, something he's to that extent. snake button, as Jack Edwards would say. Yeah. Um, so it was good to see him get a goal. I know it's just an empty netter, but hopefully that really gets him off the schneid, gets him up and running again. Yeah, I hope so too. So that was uh that was the four games from this past week. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Scales. We're gonna take a little break. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Boston B Party One. Boy Chuck hard around and out through the neutral zone. Barzell has Bovillier middle. Great save by Rask. Flashing out the right pad. Got 39 play goals 16 of them from this man David Pasternak Pasternak picks it up wrap around try Varlamov dives back and keeps it out good to Bergeron the shot scores the Bruins win in overtime a club record 13 consecutive games with power play goals Sean Couturier last chance slides all the way in on Hawk and how Provorov didn't put that in the back of the goal is anyone's guess. Back pass, McAvoy. Uh-oh, here's a breakaway, 2-0, Rust and Aston Reese. Rust, a save by Halak. Mark that one down, and another, and another off Aston Reese. 
Carson Kuhlman gets his first touch in 88 days. Yeah, no, I think it was just great to be back, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of adrenaline, and, and my legs were there, and um, and uh, conditioning was there, so I was, I was happy with where we were at. Um, but uh, just to help the team get a win tonight was awesome. Carson Coleman, 88 days on the shelf. 12-16 into the game, has a multi-point game. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Skills. Uh, we were just discussing Boston's previous four games from last week. Uh, we mentioned a few things about the Rask injury, so we're going to move on to around the league right now. Uh, we had another coach fired this Wednesday. Vegas fires Gerald Gallant, you know, first coach in franchise history. He goes 118, 75, and 20 in the last three seasons. He was a Stanley Cup finalist in 2017-18 it was as their first season. Um, he was... The Knights are 24, 19, and 6 as of yesterday afternoon for 5th in the Pacific. I forgot to double-check that before we yeah, got into Yeah, it's a little this. unfortunate to see this coach get fired because he made the Stanley Cup Finals in the first year ever for this franchise, brought this team to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Washington Capitals. They made a loss, but that is a huge milestone for that kind of team. They could have made history on that, in that Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to ask you if you thought this was too soon, and it sounds like you do. Um, yeah, I think it was too soon. I mean, they say it's because of cons- consistency issues. Yeah, I mean, 24-19-6 isn't bad. That was for fifth in the Pacific and second in the wild card. Um, and he also won the Jack Adams Coach of the Year Award. Oh, and he deserved it that year. Yeah. I guess part of it was they were uh, had lost four straight and were four s- – Four, six, and zero oh in their last ten. So, I mean, do you need to do something to jumpstart a? a uh, I mean, we've seen this team. happen with the Bruins, with just no consistency from the team. Yeah, I'm I mean, not. I'm not suggesting by any means that the Bruins need to fire Cassidy. I think he's a good coach. I think, absolutely, absolutely. I think he's having some some third year hiccups right now, where yeah, things aren't gelling. But again, let's also not forget when we're talking about the Bruins and down streaks. How many games they played last year? I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I think this firing is the worst of them all. I think this coach was doing amazing with this team. I like the Golden Knights a lot, and you know they had a lot of good players like Max Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, Mark Stone, of course. I mean, uh, Mark Andrew Fleury, of course. You know, um, yeah. yeah, I I agree. As far this one is easily the most surprising. I mean, he doesn't yeah. even get a full three seasons in Vegas, um, unless there's something. Um, behind the scenes that we don't know about yet like the team's no, going out and just gambling all night and but i haven't heard any reports like that i had i'd seen something on twitter and i please forgive me i don't know who said it um but it was all performance based and he was replaced by peter Dubois. i think i said that correctly who was yeah. fired by san jose in on december 11th Dubois, um, 198, 127, and 34 with five seasons in San Jose. He was 15, 16, and 2 this season for San Jose. And, you know, that that's a firing. You know, you're yeah. under 500 at that point. You need to do something. You have a tremendously talented team, a veteran team. Mm. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, that one I understood. Gallant, I'm, yeah. I'm not so sure I understand. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say it again, worst firing of this year yet. Yeah, um, Dubois, who has spent 12 NHL seasons as a head coach, San Jose, New Jersey Devils, and Florida Panthers, total record of 415, 329, and 111. So uh, good luck to Vegas on that one. I don't know if that was the right choice. I don't think it was. 
Um, even before that, on Sunday, I forgot to mention, uh, the New Jersey Devils fire manager Ray Shiro. Um, New Jersey with a 17-21 and 7 record, last in the Metropolitan Division, minus 36 goal differential. Shiro had fired uh, head coach John Hines in December and traded Taylor Hall to Arizona about a month ago. I mean, he got a good haul for that, so... And Shiro will be, will be replaced by Tom Fitzgerald. A lot of movement this season. I don't yeah. remember an NHL season where you had seven coaches fired mid-season and a general manager. Oof. Yeah, you that know. that's pretty pretty surprising to see. I mean, you got to look at all this in the postseason. You got to figure out what's going on with your team, your coaches. Try to see what needs to be done before like you go into a season. I mean, I think all these co- I think all these GMs and all these coaches just didn't like really plan it out too well yeah and you know what new jersey needed to do something they were expected they i don't know if they were expected but they were definitely um looked at as a team that could make the playoffs especially they made it two years ago um, yeah when hall was the mvp i believe yeah and you had guys like nico heisier on that team jack hughes of course kyle palmieri yeah blake coleman i mean yeah, all those guys you expect to see they just get a ton of goals, and like right now you don't really see much of it. Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a rough season, a rough couple of seasons for New Jersey. But I th- yeah, I think it was just time to go for Shiro. You know, they let him do the dirty work of trade and Hall, and now the new GM will be able to pick a new coach and yeah, see where he's going from there. So yeah, I think we're both kind of surprised. I think the general manager firing was uh. You know, a little bit of a surprise, but I definitely merited. Yeah, uh, I, I I can understand this one. I mean, again, this team is has a lot of good players on it. Just got to figure out a way to put them where they are, especially with the coaches and also assistant coaches too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, earlier, I mentioned about the NHL adding a women's event to the All Star Game. It's called the Elite Women's Three on Three Game. Uh, it's going to be a 20-minute game with two 10-minute periods. Uh, it's the first ever event of its type um, for women in the All-Star game, uh, although the NHL has been inviting women to participate in the skills competitions for since 2012. I think that's pretty cool. I know, yeah, they're, trying, I know they're really trying to grow women's hockey. I know there's some sort of yeah. thing going on between the uh, women's... Like women's revolution. Uh, uh, well, in Boston, it's um, the Boston Pride. Yeah, uh, I think this is a good move. <clears throat> this is a good move for the uh, NBC to do. Uh, it brings more flair into the competition and a lot more. Uh, it can bring a lot more fans into it, like popularity-wise. It might be good for them. Yeah, and if you if you're really serious about growing the game, why wouldn't you grow it um, for for women and girls? Um, yeah, it's you know the USA women's hockey team did really well the last couple of uh, Olympics. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna look at the soccer team. Like, if you look at the, if you look at their women's soccer team, they're just doing really well right now. I think more Americans are starting to, more Western people at least are starting to watch that more than, the male soccer teams at the moment. Yeah, so I think this is a real good thing. Um, you got the men's league, helping out the ladies, the women's league, and I think that that's the best way to help grow your game because then you're not just segregating, one section of the fan base. You know, the um, women's hockey league. There's been some things. There's uh, women players sitting out, refusing to play. 
over, I don't know if it's contracts or not. Um, we can take a better look at that and discuss it more next week where we're not going to have a lot going on. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I think it's a good thing to add a woman's event to it to show what they can do. Of course. Other events at the All-Star uh, Skills Competition will be Fastest Skater, um, Safe Streak, Accuracy, accuracy Shooting, Hardest Shot, and a new competition, Shooting Stars. Winners of that will get $30,000. Back to the Boston Bruins. A couple of uh, transactions this week. Brett Ritchie placed on waivers for purpose of assignment. Not surprised that all this happened. No, I mean, this he, just... He was expected to be one of those big physical players on our team that we needed. We saw nothing out of him. He sucked. No. Um, he sucked. 27 games, two goals, four assists, 21 penalty minutes. I mean, for somebody who's supposed to be such a... You know, he's a big presence on the ice, and he was supposed to be yeah. a big body out in front of the net. Uh, you really haven't seen it. He was always behind the play. And, you know, he's he was one of the guys, yeah, only 27 out of, what, 50 games almost the Bruins have played. He was He's the guy I would have looked to, to, all right, you're going to run my goaltender? Get out there. Go run, yeah. go run one of their yeah, players. He didn't do go, anything. Go run the player who did it. didn't seem to do anything. You know, I, I'm not saying he needed to be a goon. I just think he should have been more of a presence on the ice than yeah. he actually was. Um, I, and if that was the case, uh, I wouldn't have minded only six points out of him. You know, but yeah. he, he just wasn't that. He wasn't that Sean wasn't Thornton that type character. Yeah, which I didn't. Nobody's going to be a Sean Thornton no, type character. Not. But he wasn't that physical presence that the Bruins clearly need right now. Yeah. Chuka Rask placed on IR due to that terrible elbow to the head. Boston will be calling up Dan Vladder later. I think it's Dan Vladder. Uh, recalled from Providence. He's 6 5 and 0. Oh with a 184 goals against average and a 935 save percentage in 12 games for Providence this year. I'd like to see him get in the game. Yeah, I'm a little curious to see what he'll do. I mean, you know, you don't that have Providence doesn't sound too good, but yeah, I mean, you don't he's he's a big guy. I think he's like 6'2 or 6'3. You don't have Halak signed after this year. Um so you're going to need somebody to back up Rask. If that's if yeah. if you're gonna stay with Rask, I know that there's plenty of arguments for moving on from Rask, and we can get into that if you really like to. But yeah. um, if I see Vladder in a game, I think the the Vegas Golden Knights game would be a good one for him because you know that team is starting to have a new co- head coach going in there too with Peter Dubois. So yeah, definitely would play him if if he gets into one of these next two games. I would definitely play him Vegas. It'd be, over it'd Pittsburgh. be a really good challenge for him. Yeah, absolutely. You see, you can just get a glimpse of what you got. You know, goal, backup goaltenders or developing goaltenders really hasn't been Boston's forte. Yeah. You know, um, Malcolm Subban, they drafted really early. I mean, he's <laughs> he's doing okay out in uh, Vegas, but yeah. he just wasn't the guy. That's yeah. why that's why you let him go and Vegas picked him up for nothing. You couldn't even trade him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and of course. Carson Coleman back, recalled from Providence after four games, two, one, and three uh, for Providence this year. Has played a career of 19 games before last night for Boston with five points, three goals, two assists. Um, Eight games previously this season, no points before he got injured. Missed, what did you say, 88 games? 88 88 games. 88 days, excuse us. Not games, not 88 (laughs) games in this season. This isn't baseball. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Um, so that was good to see him back. He's a big presence 
on the ice. He's a big boy. He's got some speed, and clearly he's got some uh, playmaking abilities based on just last night. Yeah. Speaking of baseball, what do you think about that whole Alex Cora Houston Ugh. cheating scandal? It's pretty crazy, but I'm gonna leave that to the other uh, sports podcasts. Yeah, talk about that. I, I think it kind of sucks, you know, being a Pats fan. You got to hear about the cheating, and now as a Red Sox fan, I'm gonna oh, have to yeah. hear about it too. I don't want to hear about it, but the Bruins are better than not. You know what? If uh, they were faltering more, I'd probably say fucking cheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah, but I know Alex Cora was one of those good coaches i mean he led them to a world series yeah in his first year they they i had heard them say that he was one of the best as trying as being able to figure out signs from the bench and on the field so i guess it really shouldn't surprise us my family was really celebrating the uh that series win so no he he did bring an impact in this team yeah cheating or not yeah i just now there's gonna be that whole Boston's a bunch of cheaters narrative nationally again. So brace yourself for it, folks. Can't say that during the 2013 one, though. All right. Um, Or 2014 one. No, they won in 2013. Oh, that was the John Farrell one when they won in 2013. Yeah. And then they sucked immediately after. (laughs) All right. I'm David Rodriguez. I'm Natalia Skills. We just went around the NHL. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at BostonBeeParty1. Um, let's preview the next two games before the All-Star break, Tyler. We've got uh, the second half of our home-and-home uh, home series with Pittsburgh. Boston goes to Pittsburgh Sunday afternoon. I believe it's a 12-30 game. Yeah, I'm going to mention this right now. They are very good during these like back-to-back games. With They did it with Buffalo uh, very recently, actually. Yeah, Buffalo was, really, was a, like real back-to-back. I think there was just one day off in between. I mean, there's yeah. going to be, what, three days off in between? Yeah. Um, so, or two full days off in between, excuse me. Nice math, Dave. Learn your days of the week. You know, you, you got to expect that Pittsburgh is going to want to get some redemption. And you would, I would like to hope that Boston is going to continue to build off of that game. Yeah. Uh, my prediction for this game, I think Pittsburgh will win this game. I think it'll be a 42 victory. I think Coleman and Marshan will score in this game. One good primary scoring goal and then one good secondary scoring goal, especially from a very significant player that will be on the team. But as for Pittsburgh, I think we'll see Crosby get more into it. He comes back for an injury. He's going to have more practice for uh, his upcoming games. So. Yeah, he's really just the last couple games just been knocking off the rust. So, yeah, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. you got to be aware of that. Um, Pittsburgh has been bitten by the uh, injury bug because Malkin went down for, I think, 10 games. Um, and then Crosby, obviously, for almost 30. My yeah. question for you in Pittsburgh is, what do you think of their goaltender, Tristan, Tristan Jari? Um, 216 goals against average, 929 save percentage. Uh, I'm trying to look up his record right now. But uh, he's been playing pretty damn good, if in my yeah. opinion. I'm not sure what you think. Yeah, it's a pretty good record. Uh, I think... If we, we play him again, I think in home, I think he'll be a lot better than he played back in the, the last game uh, yesterday. Oh, Pittsburgh's playing tonight in Detroit, too. Yeah, so yeah they'll, they'll have to preview that game for notes before uh, we their game on Sunday. Yeah, so Tristan Yari, 16-7-1. Pittsburgh is one of those teams who really seems to be able to develop young goaltending because they also have Matt Murray down there, who yeah. is not a terrible goaltender in his own right. You know, yeah. he's 13, 6, and 4 with a 
291 goals against average. I mean, his save percentage is kind of shitty at 896, but he was he's a young goaltender who I think he's already won a cup. Yeah. For them, you know that that's what made Flurry expendable expendable for them. Yeah, I got to look at their goaltending coach. So he's probably one of the best if he's going to be like developing these really good goaltenders. Yeah. I mean, look at guys like Jordan Bennington. I mean, he's a young goaltender. He's been doing great too. So can we not talk about St. Louis? <laughs> it's bad enough the fucking All Star games in St. Louis this year, and we got to see them try to probably bring the cup around. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> But I had to bring I, up the goaltending. I, for, I, I think mean, he was good. I'm, again, I'm not doing like uh, number scores anymore because I'm just so atrocious at it. But I, I, I agree with you that it's going to be a, a better game for Pittsburgh. Um, I don't think it's going to be a four to one win for either team. I think it'll be a lot closer. In one yeah, goal I said game. four to two. Maybe like oh, you said four to two. I'm yeah, sorry. Maybe an incident goal from Pittsburgh was most likely. Uh, moving on, Tuesday night, uh, Las Vegas comes to town with their new coach. Vegas, as of right now, is 25-19-6, and six, 56 points uh, after 50 games played, and they are first in the wild card out west. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, they have Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, all very good names. Pacioretty is their leading goal scorer uh, and point getter, and then Stone has the lead on assists for that team. Vegas has a lot to prove right now. You know, you yeah. just got your, your coach fired. Yeah, uh, I think Vegas will win this game. I think it'll be a 3-1, to one, no empty net goal. I think we will play our new goaltender. I think he might show okay, perform an okay, a decent performance for uh, this Vegas game. And um, for the one person who might score, probably our primary scorer, like Pasternak, he definitely will need more goals considering he might look at the Rock of Richard and see that uh, – Austin Matthews is catching up with 34 goals. Yeah, he had a, you told me he had a hat trick last night. I didn't even see that. Yeah, I think it was during the game against Colorado. Okay. And, you know, Alexander Ovechkin is also catching up, too, with 31 goals. I think he had, like, three goals one game and then two goals, like, before it. Yeah, Ovechkin had, had, a, uh, had a hat trick Yeah. last night. Um, sorry. And then who were we looking at? Who was the other one? Matthews. Austin Matthews, yeah. He's he's second in right now with 34, two goals behind. Yeah, yeah Matthews definitely didn't have a uh, hat trick last night. They lost two to one in a shootout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was, was a couple of games going against Colorado, I, I believe. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking it up. Yeah, you got Pasternak with 36, Matthews 34, Vetchkin 31. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think Jack goes up there too. It's 27. You know, here's a, just a quick question when it comes to the goal leaders. Um, Pasternak 50. Absolutely, I think he'll do it. He's only need, he only needs fourteen. He would yeah. have only needed thirteen had he not been friendly to Marshawn last night. Yeah, he had that empty netter right there. So I don't think Pasternak really cares about the trophy. I think he wants to just get the team to win more. No, he said something great about uh, about you know scoring all the goals earlier in the season, and I not I I'm gonna say I'm paraphrasing on this one is they asked him about scoring all the goals, and he said it's my job. Yeah, you know he just want to do it for glory and he just wants to do it because it's really what he needs to do for the team it's what they pay him to do he scores goals i i, I pick things up and put them down remember that commercial for planet fitness <laughs> <laughs> so after the vegas game boston has nine days off for their bye week uh and that's going to wrap around the all-star game so that's kind of good get some rest for some players of course um what do you think about the nhl and having a mandatory week off 
for all teams now? Uh, I'm not really sure. I would think about that. I think it, I mean, all teams have a lot of games to play. Like every week, they just go travel and stuff to different places. I want to play places like Vancouver, which that, around here is far away. Oh, yeah. Even with like California, that's pretty exhausting. So the rest might be really good for them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, having a, I don't know if you should. I, what do they they stagger it right? Every team has a different seven days off or whatever. Yeah. Boston just so happens to have nine. Um, yeah, I, I it's interesting. It's something that they instituted a couple years ago. Personally, if you're gonna have time like that off, you know maybe you should look into going back into letting your players play in the Olympics and then taking a two week span right there off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the Bruins players won't even be allowed to practice for most of that time. I think they can come back like uh, a day or two before the end of the bye week. We I just mentioned it's going to wrap around the All-Star game. Before Tuca got injured, he had announced that he was going to skip the All-Star game. He had some family commitment commitments he wanted to keep up, plus he wanted the rest. Of course. I think he's played somewhere in the 90 to yeah, 100 If he games. gets suspended for that, what the hell are you doing, NHL? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, we talked about that last week. I think that's the dumbest rule. Oh, um, of course. You should change it. If you're, it's, if you're elected to the All-Star game, maybe and if you don't want to play yeah, in the All-Star like, game, have like you, a, you have to show up for a meeting. They have a, a family emergency. That's what you need to go to. I bet they go to family. Just no, this, this like isn't a family emergency. Um, he, well, if, if, if it ever happened. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying now. Yeah, I just think it's dumb. You know, if they're elected... They need to rest up, especially the older players. You know, the younger players, yeah, go to the All-Star game. Yeah. You, you know, um, but some of these older players, Arask and Ovechkin, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who's another one who said yeah, he Crosby. wasn't going to go. Um, yeah, if they want to skip it and rest up and do their team better, I mean, that's what they're being paid to do. Then yeah. I think they get, I think most players get some sort of bonus for the All-Star game, but just you know, have them go and do a meet and greet. Have them show up for the the uh, the skills competition and sign some autographs and wave their hand like they're the Queen of England or something. Yeah, that's all. That's all I got for the Ulster game. I think overall. Uh, I'm, yeah, honestly, I can't wait till it's over. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. I don't care about it. Uh, anything else you want to touch base on this week, Tyler? No, just looking forward to the uh, two games, especially <laughs> with the Golden Knights. Yeah, that should be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, you know, Pittsburgh again, that'll be cool. Yeah, cool. I think the Vegas Knight, Golden Knights will be a glimpse into like, what we could see for a potential new goaltender for the Bruins next season. Yeah. 2020, uh, 2020 At least a backup probably, right? Yeah. You never know. All right, I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Skills. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. We're hoping to get a uh, guest in. Um, yep. And, you know, we'll discuss the Boston Bruins, yeah, as to always. Our, uh, to our CSB students, I'm, I'm, you might be surprised on who might be the guest. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're working on it. We sent out a, at least a text already, and we're going to try another one. So we'll talk to you next week. With the, the play itself? Well, it's an elbow in the head. It's a penalty is what it is. But they missed it, so you move on. And uh, it's just unfortunate it happens to your number one. It was pretty clear to me. The guys didn't see it in the first, it looked like, and then did see it, and then there was a response. Oh, I don't know. They didn't. Which guys? Our guys? Your guys, yeah. They don't see it first. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw it. Um, you know, Brandon's kind of bumping with him on his pants, but certainly didn't affect his elbow. Uh, should our guys should have been a better response? I think there could have been. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they saw it in real time. Carson Coleman gets his first touch in 88 days. 
two assists. Yeah, no, I think it was just great to be back. To be honest with you, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of adrenaline, and, and my legs were there, and um, and uh, conditioning was there. So I was I was happy with where we were at. Um, but uh, just to help the team get a win tonight was awesome. Carson Coleman, 88 days on the shelf, 12-16 into the game, has a multi-point game. Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! Yeah.